Welcome back to the Rasa Podcast. Again, my name is Adisri, and I'm the host of the Alumni Spotlight segment on the podcast. Um, the purpose of this podcast is to introduce you to different members of the alumni community um, and hopefully connect you with um, potential mentors and also resources um, to help the general community of Rasa. On this episode, I have the pleasure of being joined by Munachi Uzodike, class of 2019. Um, I'll mainly be asking uh, some questions just to help you all get to know her a little bit more. Um, and so without further ado, welcome Muna to the show. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for, for, for being on this with me. Um, so kind of just as a first question, tell me a little bit more about yourself, uh, how you got to how where you've been and how you got to where you are today. Right. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really excited and honored to get to talk with y'all to um, Rasa in general. But um, currently, I live in Austin. Um, I am a first-year medical student at Dell Medical School with UT Austin. Okay. And how I got there was potentially my parents whispering medical school into my ear as a child. You know, I, I wouldn't put it past them. It's yeah, possible. They just started that <laughs> inkling, dropped it in there. Right, because they sure weren't whispering artist or like dancer. True, true, you know, true. it's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Um, it's <laughs> right. Um, but no, for real, I, you know, obviously went to Rice and I was I came into Rice as a French major. Okay. Um, because in high school I absolutely loved learning everything about French. But at the time when I matriculated into Rice, our French studies or program was very Eurocentric and that was not what I was used to in high school. I had sure. a really dope teacher who taught about Senegalese French and um, Belgian French and like a lot of different things and like Rice was like Napoleon, Paris. And I was yeah, like, okay. yeah. um, so my journey kind of looked like switching to public health is my major. And then um, okay. by the grace of God, graduated with my um, African studies minor as nice. well, which was really important to me. And then, yeah, I took a gap year and, and now I'm I'm a medical student at um, UT Austin, which is very, Austin is very different from Houston. And that was a huge change and nothing has been able to replace my Rasa community, but um, you know, we're out here, we're making it. Of course, of course, we all, we all some, some kind of way we're making it at some point. Right. Um, right. Kind of a, a fun question to start us off. Uh, what's your, oh, I'm basically the reason I chose this question because I've been doing a lot more cooking um, recently because mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, health reasons, you know, just in general, like just to yeah. try and learn new things. So watch either you answer one or, one or the other, what's your biggest screw up in the kitchen or what do you like to cook the most? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really funny because med school messes you up and you don't cook as much as you used to. <laughs> true, true, true. Are you busy? You busy. Right, you busy. But what I and also I live in a disgustingly tiny apartment and I <laughs> I love cooking, but my kitchen gives me anxiety. Yes, and I don't yes, even like to be in the kitchen. Yes, so yeah. what I do is when I come home to um in Houston, I cook in my parents' home. Ah, um, smart. My smart. parents' pots with their gigantic pots. And yes, I, I I actually I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. it changes the vibe. Like when you can like stretch your legs, you know, yes. space you out. Have, you have like four things to go through. You have exactly. big counter spaces. Exactly. You have way more pots. Like I have like one pan and like one pot, like two pans, two pots. That's it. It's no motivation to cook. And yes. also I can send my little brother to clean my dishes. It's really true, it's a true. whole vision. So when yeah. I'm home, I've been cooking a lot of I cook a lot of Nigerian food at home because when I go back to school, like that is the hardest thing to cook in my kitchen in yes. Austin. Is yes. like Nigerian. You, it just it's too much. So possible. make stew. Mm -hmm. 
and egusi soup are like my two things that I've been really honing in. Top one soup, by the way. That is the that's the best one. No lie, out of all of them, that's the best one. They come close. The other ones come close, but egusi is is, is I'm sorry. Okra soup, Labono, That's where it's at for me personally. So this is the end of the podcast, guys. Uh, thank you. I'm, not, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. Uh, Akra, my, no my Gucci slaps. My yeah, Gucci yeah. 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 Really shifted and changed what a lot of my free time typically would look like. I think in a non-pandemic world, I spent a lot of time um, in the performing arts, like singing and like doing like dance and all these nice. different things. And it's just that's been one of the hard parts about moving to a new city in the middle of pandemic is like it takes time to build those communities. True. And so I haven't really been able. I, I did join a church and, and started to kind of sing with the group that I'm in. So that's been really nice. Um, okay, okay. So I know singing and, and music would be part of my free time more if I was, you know, still trying to figure out my like community for those types yeah, of stuff. Yeah, of course, of um, course. But outside of that, I really enjoy working out, which sounds awful and really lame, but like no. it actually brings me so much joy mm-hmm. and I really enjoy working out. Um, I, I FaceTime so much. FaceTime. Like, I'm that person it. who's always on FaceTime. It's, it's, it, but it's nice, especially now where you literally can't, you can't see anybody. Like you have to make the intentional, like when I receive a FaceTime call from like Matthews or something, I get so happy because I realize like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like I haven't spoken to him in forever because I don't class with him now. And also like we just don't see each other randomly. So exactly. you have to like make that time to exactly. reach out. So exactly. No, and, and I think, I think in moving to Austin where, um, spoiler alert, there aren't that many black people in Austin. Um, True. So True. Austin. True where the community just looks very different it's been really key for me we'd be uh, not surprised to find out the majority of the people that i spend a lot of time talking to aside from my boyfriend are rasa people and yeah. that's been a really great thing about the rasa communities that i keep in contact with all of them and i'll probably say the other thing i do is play basketball i do mm, love okay I, do love basketball, you the so. I cannot play yeah. basketball no lie i'm ass at the, uh, sorry i'm really i'm really bad i'm really bad at basketball but hey if you oh, can do yeah. it hey I, no, I enjoy playing try. basketball too with some of my classmates. That's really fun. Oh. We play on the weekend sometimes. And nice. you know, it's always fun when you start playing with new people, like gotta make them realize you don't suck. You know? Like don't don't come look at me like I'm ass, right? Like, like right. I, I do this. I I do this right. in my spare time. Don't worry about it. I dabble. I dabble. Um what did you enjoy the most about your time when you're like in Rasa? Like I mean, you're still in Rasa, but like when you're on campus in Rasa. Right. Yeah. Ugh, where do I even begin? I think Rasa. So for me, I think um, my first two years at Rice were really hard because the thing that I thought I was going to love the most about Rice, I didn't love it that much, which was the residential college system. <laughs> I remember writing my application like, I just can't wait to like have this family and like, oh, great. And then I got there and I was like, gosh dang, like, <laughs> and no shade. The res- like, there's nothing wrong with it, but I think what's really hard as a black woman is you just end up getting split from all the other black women and other black men, other just black people in general. In general. Rasa was this moment where I felt like connected and like I could walk into a meeting and just like be laughing about stuff that I laugh at about a home and yeah. I could speak Igbo to my Igbo people and I can yeah. learn about other cultures. It also became a place of like a lot of growth and leadership. Like from sophomore year, I was like involved in leadership all years at, in Rasa and I, like just event planning, networking, like vision 
casting like I've learned so much from being in that club and have really gained lifelong like literally currently at a Rasa member's home right now I'm not in my own <laughs> um, so Ross is literally family like through the good and the bad like going to ASA weekend um it's just like literally family and so I just think um just being part of the club was was uh, so life-giving for me and I I cannot imagine what my rice experience would have been without Rasa. Even like the academic pursuits, like doing the African studies minor, mm-hmm. um, just advocating for more African content at rice, that was all through Rasa. So yeah. I can't even begin to answer that question. Rasa literally was my world. And to be honest, in my med school applications, Rasa was all over my med school applications. So for anyone who's listening that's applying to hey. med school, like don't think Rasa cannot be your most True. important experience because True. it was like number two, I think, on my list. So nice, nice, yeah. nice. Um, speaking of med school, how is med school going in general? I know it's your first year and it's you haven't been in it for a ton of time, but how right. do you how do you how would you rate it? You can give me like a you can give me an actual rating, or you can give me like a oh it sucks, it doesn't suck. You know I like this, like this. Do your thing. See, I was just telling blessing. I was like, dang, they're catching me when I'm a little jaded. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a bad time, Loki. Got a test it's, score back or something? You know, or? no. It's the, see, there were pass fail, so it's not even test scores. Oh, like true, I'm fast. vibing in terms of like pass fail situation. Mm-hmm. I just think like COVID med school. It's just not not the vibe. Not it's just move. like not even remotely the vibe not even like not even close vibes <laughs> like not even like even like a tiny bit of vibrations at all no there's like, <laughs> still we are we are we are there's yeah but i mean i'm not like it's not i'm not miserable you know i'm not yes, like of course you know what i'm saying but i think i know i i'm aware how much better my experience could be i think like i said moving to a new city during a pandemic is just already not ideal already a lot of stuff to deal with Right. You know, a new city like Austin, very different from Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am really grateful about the school that I'm going to. So a little bit about Dell. It's like really big on rethinking how we do medicine, which mm-hmm. is a very broad visionary type statement. But yeah. what it's given me the space to do is to like do the things that I care about in medicine. Yeah. And so even as a first year, I've gotten to do a lot of really cool stuff, already gotten to network with a lot of really cool people. And so I think on a broad level, I know med school could be a lot better right now, but I, I wouldn't say it's because of my med school in particular. I just think it's because of COVID. COVID you know? hey. And we're like remote for the rest of the, like my, so for us preclinical, mm-hmm. um, like before we go into the hospital mm-hmm. is only one year instead of most med schools, it's like a year and a half. And mm-hmm. we just found out we're going to be remote for the for entirety the of our preclinical yeah. things. So yeah. You know, but life throws you lemons. We make lemonade. That is facts. We keep <laughs> it moving. We keep just squeeze it, it out. We keep right. It. That's we what my classmates know. I'm literally just the keep it moving person. They're like, dang, yeah. do you stop? I'm like, nah, man. Nah, just, just life keeps right. going on. Right. I, I, I agree with that one. Right. Um, what was, like, I guess on that same vein, um, like, specifically, what is the biggest thing that you struggle with um, when you transition to med school? Yeah, I I genuinely think like, again, to anyone who may be listening that is pre-med, you are being so academically well-prepared at Rice, like truly, and it's not just something I feel like even my professors, physicians at um, Dell are like, no, Rice students come in, they're very prepared. Like typically, you know, Rice students aren't out here like, oh my gosh, like the, the rigor, like, no, mm-hmm. we went through it. We, <laughs> we already did it. We already did that back then. <laughs> we went through it. Um, so it's not really the academic part as much as it is just like, like I said, moving to a new city and like, yeah. um, 
I knew because I did have a lot of friends in the class of 2018, everyone was like, yep, you're not going to have community like you had it in undergrad, yeah, like yeah. just, just be, so I was ready for that. But of course, like living it out, um, I live alone because I had some roommate situations. And so mm-hmm. I think that was honestly just the hard part was like, okay, how do I, I don't want to just study all day. That's just not my True. vibe. True. It's pass fail. Yep. But like, hello where are friends like how yes do I, where's my I, life experiences like i haven't had to make friends in years like yeah in, and that's a really hard thing about switching to professional school or working is like you forget that for the past four years like you kind of just had people all around you all the time in fact exactly. you were like get away from me yeah um, yeah like actually true actually true right and now you transition into like adulthood and you're like wait <laughs> I need, I need, I need physical connections anywhere, please, anyone. And then we'll just toss a pandemic on top of that. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? It just kind of all compounds into this one, like, I'm kind of lonely in this new city, in a pandemic, in Austin, in, away from all my friends, like. Exactly. And honestly, I'm really grateful to God, though, because I think joining a church community really made things a lot better for me, like. Now I'm going to be living with people next. Um, well, I guess this may I'll be moving. So like, I think nice. when things started to shift, it got a lot better, but the beginning was rough, but there was just certain, like certain friendships started happening and joined the church community and like all these yeah. different things kind of started falling into place. So I'm really grateful. I don't even want to, I don't want to front, like I'm, I have nothing. You know? Yeah, I'm of course, really of course, of course. For the connections that I did start to build. Yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you kind of mentioned a little bit, but you did take a gap here um, between, um, you know, uh, undergrad and professional grad school or mm-hmm. med school. Um, mm-hmm. Would you advise taking a gap year and also like explain like your reasoning behind taking a gap year and also like would you advise uh, taking a gap year between um, undergrad and med school? Oh, this is literally like give me a podium. I talk about this all <laughs> the time. Yeah. Yes, the answer is a resounding yes. Um, okay. And I'm saying this because you asked. Like if I was. Properly advising someone, be like, do what's best for you. But if you're asking me, yes, the answer mm-hmm. is yes, because okay. um, I feel like, like you said, life literally does not stop for anybody. Mm-hmm. And once you get into grad school or professional school or whatever it is, and I'll speak specifically to med school because it is so time occupying, you will be like, it's that moment where you step back and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm in my 20s and I'm about to spend the next four to five to six to seven years. Plus more, maybe. Right. Question mark. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. I'm about to spend all these years like (laughs) grinding it out. And it's not that you're miserable because you're doing stuff that you love, but like vacations don't work the same in med school. Mm -hmm. Um, Spontaneous, like, I'm just going to go do this. Like, when you start residency you can't be spontaneous you have patients lives who are depending on you you know and so and the other thing beyond like living your life even for that one year um beyond that it's also the fact that like my biggest thing is like minimizing the amount of times you have to take the mcat minimizing Mm -hmm. the amount of times you got to apply to medical school and i think the best way to do that is by going at the pace that is best for you i think one of the hardest things about being at rice such a heavy pre-med school was like you just, there was a tendency to always look at how everybody else was doing. Everyone's right? like, oh, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this internship and this research, doing this. Right, right. And it's like, mm. like, so for me, my sophomore year, I decided I'm taking a gap year. I nice. thought that was the end. I, yeah. at, and I always tell people it's 
better to plan a gap year than to stumble into a gap year because you were going too fast. And I knew, I was like, there's no way I can do all these prereqs, do well on my MCAT, continue to build meaningful relationships and and then go straight into medical school. Yeah. And so all the things that I felt were missing in my med school application, that's what I did during my gap year. Nice. And I made money. That's the other thing. They don't be True. paying pre-meds. They don't yeah. be paying pre-meds. That's we, facts. That's facts. We have this whole checklist of stuff to do for free. A concept. <laughs> A concept. She said, where's the... Is no compensation. Compensation? No compensation. I have a whole PowerPoint on this. Like, really think about it. All the stuff they're asking us to do, and you don't get paid for a single one. And you're basically like, like you're you're obviously you don't have that doctor tag, but like you're doing all those things. Like, I think that's definitely a whole nother. A whole nother topic, you know. Delve into for sure, for sure. That's why gap year. I mean, especially if you're able to work, it's just this one year of like you make money, you're able to spend it, you can gift people things, help people out. Because God knows, come med school, you're gonna be broke ninety nine. So (laughs) doubt that. (laughs) In fact, I have. I always tell people I have negative dollars because I owe the government. It's a beautiful situation. We love it for myself. Of course, of course, of course. Um. So I think um, you, you kind of talked about like like the gap year because I want to ask like one piece of advice when you're applying you're saying like mm-hmm. go at your own pace like yeah. like find find that time and if you think that you know you're going a little fast then you know take a gap year why not do right. that um, right do and I think that was a really good point where you're like I did the things that I felt like were not in my application if I were to apply like a year before and I think that's super smart like you just literally add those things that you want to and then wow like now you have a complete application instead exactly. of a non-complete option in your opinion in your opinion specifically exactly um so i think that that's 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 super smart um right. uh what are you passionate about what drives you passionate uh, about. um yeah. i think i'm the thing i'm probably that honestly keeps me going in med school at this point because um i didn't realize how important it was i mean i've always felt like i'm a passion i'm pretty passion driven person but yeah it, it's a med school when you're learning all this stuff where you're like wow i actually don't care about any of this right um i realized i am very passionate about kids i'm very passionate mm-hmm. about advocacy for children um and just lead like um training kids to take charge of their lives and, mm-hmm. and be leaders and serve the community um, and so I keep realizing that's like a thread that kind of continues to follow me For even sure. in med school. And so, and um, I'm the vice president of SNMA, which is basically like the black medical student group um, mm-hmm. nationally. And so I'm the liaison with UT undergrad students and helping them prepare for um, med school. So not to say that undergrads are kids, but I mean, yeah, I don't have yeah. access to children right yeah. now. So I think like just basically leadership training and just mm-hmm. helping people to believe in themselves and see you know, all that they can do. And and I think, especially within the Black community, I think something that has changed about my rhetoric in, in med schools, I think I was always afraid to be like, I want to be a champion for Black people because I was like, oh, like people of color, like everybody. But yeah. I was like, you know, there's really nothing wrong with just with standing out and being like, my people. Focus on Black people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't, I've, I'm, I'm a lot less, I feel a lot less guilty and like awkward about it. So yeah. I mean, of course I advocate for people of color, but yeah. I think I've really been tunnel visioning in on the, on Black people, on Black children, on Black undergrad and like really just focusing in on our community, especially in a city like Austin where Black people have been kind of forgotten in some way. So yeah. 
that's the thing I'm very grateful and I understand like why I'm in Austin and I'm, I'm looking forward to really just sinking my feet in that and just continuing that work. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, this conversation has like flown by for me, <laughs> but I, I feel like I've, I've learned like a ton. Like I feel like, I, like even um, I've already, we've already had, um, uh, we've already had people on Michael on the show that was also a medical student. Um, and so I, I feel like I've also like, I, I feel like learning, talking to you, I've already learned a different perspective and I'm, I'm like, oh, wow, this is like another like a gap year. That's a whole thing that like take it to take advantage of. And I feel yes. like everybody that's listening um, is definitely gonna appreciate that as well. Um, last question is how can people contact you? What can they ask you about? etc etc yeah um so okay look i'm an old person um this whole text messaging thing i struggle but mm -hmm. i will say probably she you should text me first in order to like figure out <laughs> figure out but um i would say facebook messenger text not many people are called munach user dk so like you should be able to find me <laughs> that's m-u-n-a-c-h-i and then easy <laughs> And then my we'll, we'll, put your, we'll put your stuff. Literally, I don't think there's anyone else called that in America. Um, but Instagram <laughs> is also Munechi underscore UZDK. And then message me. Um, I will I will gladly share my number. I would literally say my number right now, but I'm like, maybe that's not a I don't know. Is that a bad thing to do? We'll, we'll, we'll put your socials and then if you want to if you want to reach out to her, you can definitely I'm I literally just I'm like, oh my gosh, call me. Um take my friend. <laughs> yeah, my, my socials facebook instagram i have a twitter but don't use that i don't mm. know what's going on Even there. Twitter's good. i don't know why you're it's, not on that it has cobwebs yeah. like bro what i tell you i'm an old lady it's mm -hmm. really okay, um, no yeah I, I love chatting with y'all and so yeah we can talk about med school obviously being pre-med um gl glad to talk about just like being black in academia that's mm -hmm. a whole situation yes of course um also love the arts so if you're like into music or pursuing your creative endeavors and just want to talk about that stuff um yeah i'm really down or steph curry hey that man is goaded uh, that man is cooing no lie. i appreciate no this lie. Hey, I, I lived in california for five years that's my excuse okay that's my excuse so i can <laughs> like them okay come on now but Look, uh, i have not stepped in california a day it and i say with my chest it doesn't matter that man is nice that man is nice and it's whatever it is what it is so yeah, i mean exactly yeah, exactly for sure i'm i'm especially like with just um career moves academic just preparation all that stuff i'm definitely down to help and if anyone is interested in applying to dell for med school like hit me up your girl may or may not be on the admissions committee so oh you, you heard know? it you heard it right here <laughs> this is bling 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 right here <laughs> on the ross alumni segment you want to get into ut austin dell medical school there hey, might be hey, a plug hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey i'm like hey might be i'm not saying that hey, yo okay, yo there's like, there's no nepotism here flicks, flicks, but flicks. there's you know we got connections so we got connections reach we out got reach out for sure for Please sure for reach sure out. yeah this has been super great and really fun i'm honestly like ugh. What does Ross, what, what is it that Rasa cannot do? I mean, exactly. I'm and also want to give you a plug at this week because I was in your position. Oh. I was vice president my mm -hmm. senior year. Did I start a podcast? No. Oh. So did I successfully email and reach out to alumni all the way? No. I'm trying so my best. I'm trying my best. You took what we have kind of put in place and you really ran with it. So kudos to you, man. You're doing great. Thank you. I, I have a lot of support and a lot of people around me that's helping enable me to be the person and I can't be today. So like a true Ross person. Thank you. Thank you. Calling thank out you. his community. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. So much. Yeah. But uh yeah, uh, I think that's all we have today. So 
for everyone's listening, thank you. Reach out to Muna in the description. There, her socials will be there. And uh, yeah, I say adieu. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, y'all. Thank you again for taking your time to listen all the way through this edition of the Illumine Spotlight. If you want to reach out to Muna, her email and her socials are going to be attached in the description. Um, so please go ahead and reach out if you have any questions or if you just want to get to know her a little bit more. Um, if you're an alumni and you're interested in being spotlighted on the podcast, um, please reach out to me in my email or um, my phone number that I've always attached in my emails as well. Um, thank you for listening again. Uh, please keep an eye out for uh, other spotlights in the future and uh, talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.